Father, in the name of Jesus, we love you, we worship you, we honor you. We're so grateful and thankful for your presence. We're so grateful and thankful for each person that is here, Lord. We ask that you just speak by your spirit into our hearts, souls, and lives. Help us to yield to you. Help us to to be able to receive what you would have for us. We thank you for what you've already done in our midst. We thank you for the working of the Spirit in our lives. Just help us just to be able to hear and to move forward in you and to take what you have done uh, so far this Sabbath day and to make it a reality every day in and through our lives for your glory. We ask you in Jesus' name. Um, in this 89th Psalm, there's uh, 52 verses uh, that is written to the church. This is a this is a psalm. Uh, there's there's 13 psalms that are are Michelle psalms or didactic poems. They're instructive psalms how to live a moral life. And this is the 12th of the 13th one. And in this psalm, there's seven times that God's faithfulness is. Um, spoke of. And if you and I, at any other time in our lives, we need to remind ourselves about the faithfulness of God, don't we? So let's read those seven verses for a text. Take us just a moment of time, and then let's just see how the Spirit of God expands this psalm. Um, I, I was here yesterday, late yesterday, and had I had that psalm open, and I was reading it and praying it, and, and but I, I didn't know if we would do anything with it or not. And I still don't know for sure what we're going to do, but every time you read the Word of God, there's power. Amen? Look at verse number 1. This is the first of seven times. Psalms 89 and 1. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness. Mark that down in your mind's eye. Highlight it in your Bible or your Bible app. I will make known thy faithfulness to all generations. That generations, uh, that the word is from the Hebrew word door and it's in there, uh, twice because it means from generation to generation to generation. You just, just, in other words, you just keep it going. Amen. With your testimony, with my testimony. Think about it. Even though if you and I, if, if our heart stopped, was to stop beating, uh, or even at the sounding of the trumpet, your testimony, my testimony is never going to stop. Because our testimony is of the Lord Jesus Christ. It, it's going to go on and on throughout all the eons of time. Isn't that amazing? Drop down to verse 2. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shalt thou establish in the very heavens. For I have said, in other words, this, uh, and it depends on how you can say that the psalmist here is saying it. Uh, uh, or you, you, you can say that he's repeating what God is, has said, would be better said. For I have said what God has said, that my mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shall be established in the very heavens or from the very heavens. Drop down to verse 5. And the heavens shall praise thy wonders. O Lord, thy faithfulness also in the congregation of the saints. Come on, his faithfulness is in the midst of us because not just in our presence, but inside of each one of us. Drop down to verse 8. O Lord God of hosts, who is a strong Lord like unto thee, or to thy faithfulness round about thee? O Lord God of hosts, who is a strong Lord like unto thee, or to thy faithfulness round about thee? Now drop down to verse uh, 24. 
This is the five out of seven. But my faithfulness and my mercy shall be with him, with them. No gender intended, talking to you and I. But God's faithfulness and his mercy shall be with us. And in my name shall his horn be exalted. Drop down to verse 33. Nevertheless, my loving kindness will I not utterly take from him, nor suffer my faithfulness to fail. Now, if you notice, we won't have time to look at it, but every one of these situations is just a little bit different. In your life, when everything's going good, God's faithful. In your life, when everything's going bad, God's faithful. In your life, when you're walking in faithfulness, God's faithful. In your life, when you're messing up, God's faithful. Amen. So we have nothing to worry about. It's not about us. It's about him. Now, the last one, look at verse 49. And it's the same Hebrew word, but they've changed it in English. Um, Psalms 80, uh, 89, 49. Lord, where are thy former loving kindness? Where's your grace? Uh, which thou swearest unto David in thy truth, in thy faithfulness. He said, I I need to come back because I'm looking for it. Have you ever got away from God just a little bit? I have. I, I've got my eyes on other things and, and, and got confused, got messed up and had to come back. He was right there. Come on. He's faithful. Uh, Brother David, pray over these verses, would you? Amen and amen. Thank you, Brother David. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, notice that Brother David, he, he, that, the part about happy come to him when we was up here in prayer. And then he prayed that right there. And uh, it's very, very interesting how the spirit of God works. Cause I was going between going ahead and preaching my sermon or, or going to this 89th Psalm. And, and when he said that uh, I was talking, I was communing with the Lord in my heart about that. And I, th- that's exactly where we're looking at. I wanted to read those verses, those seven verses, to see that, that God's faithfulness, the number seven in Bible numerics, of course, means complete. And, and so his faithfulness is complete. And we need to let that faithfulness complete us. Amen. But when we do that, we are in a place where we're happy. So let's drop down and let's, uh, we're going to be uh, looking at a few places, but drop down to verse number uh, 15. And I want you to see something. Psalms eighty-nine, fifteen. The word of God says, blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. Now this word blessed is from a Hebrew word that doesn't just mean uh, how it doesn't just mean happy. If you had to express it in English, it would say, how happy with an exclamation point. How happy with an exclamation point. Come on now. The Spirit of God is trying to stir some things up in us. He wants you and I. Yes, the joy of the Lord is our strength, but he wants us to be happy. He wants you to be happy. The, the, the happy countenance, it's attractive. It's encouraging. When, when you've got a happy look on your face and you give people a reason to, to question. Come on, right now, everywhere you see, there, there's fear on people's faces. There's yeah. dread on people's faces. There's anxiety there. And so when they come in contact with somebody who is complete in the faithfulness of God and, and they see that you're not just a little bit happy, but you've got happiness to share. You've got happiness to give. You've got happiness to impart. It changes everything. So let's see some things right here. And, and uh, 
he, he said, blessed, how happy with exclamation point is the people that know the joyful sound. Now, you and I, we got to know that the word of God is on so many levels and God meets us at where we're at in our level. So the very first level of this is that how happy is a person that knows the joyful sound of salvation? You know, when you and I, when we've been born again, when we've been forgiven, when we realize that we're redeemed, how happy that is, how wonderful that is. But that's the first level. And that's the level that starts us uh, in our intimacy uh, with the Lord and our walk with the Lord. And we start realizing just exactly how faithful he is. And, and so uh, uh, as as we start on that walk, that journey, it takes us to someplace though. But what this verse is really alluding to, it, it's, a, it's a place of permanence in Jesus because this day that he's talking about is the day of atonement. And, and, and so in the Old Testament, uh, think about what happened to them when they come into the Day of Atonement. They come into that Day of Atonement and the realization that their sins was rolled back for another year and that they were in that place where uh, the, 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 the Hebrews, the Jewish teachers of that time, they taught that because they had partaken in the ordinances of God, that their whole next year was going to be summed up out of God's book. Okay, so how does that apply to you and I tonight? Well, that applies to us in the reality that we truly are born again. Our sins are not just rolled back, but they're washed away. And we're living out of God's book. So how happy. So we need to what? He said, "We how blessed, how happy is the people that know the joyful sound. That that what they done on that day of atonement, they sounded uh, the shofar. They sounded, they blew that trumpet. And so you and I, we need to know that the trumpet of the Lord is sounding. We need to hear it above all this grumbling and mumbling. All of this fear and anger and, and, and doubt, all of these things that would try to disquiet you, try to interrupt what God would do in you and through you. We need to say, no, wait a minute. This is the day of salvation. I will be glad and rejoice therein. I, I, I've got some happiness in my life. I've got some joy in my life. I've got a reason to have a smile on my face. I've got reason to have hope in my heart because I, I know the complete faithfulness of my God. It doesn't matter where I'm at. Doesn't matter what I'm going through. Doesn't matter. I don't have to, uh, uh, trust in myself. I trust in the Lord. He, I, I, my confidence is in the finished work of the cross. And that finished work of the cross is always going to propel me to be more like Jesus. I, I, I get an image of Him. I, I, I get a, 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 an ideal of who I can be because of His work. It's alive in me. It's not a letter on a page. It, it's a living Lord in my heart. Amen. And, and He's talking to me. So notice what he said. Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound that they shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. That means that you and I, that yes, Jesus said he was the light of the world and he called us the light of the world. But we get to walk in this word. Jesus is the word. The entrance of God's word, Psalms 119 verse 130, gives light. So we, we've got the word of God. We've got Jesus walking uh, before us. We've got him walking around us. But praise God, we've got him walking in us. And as he walks in us, he calls us by name. And as he calls us by name, he shows us things. Remember, he said last week when we yoke up with him, 
that we would cast all of our burden off of ourselves, we'd be yoked up with him, and he would talk to us. He would call us by name. So we're walking in that reality, the light of his countenance. And, and so think about it. If Jesus said that you were the light of the world because he's the light of the world that is in you, in this dark time that we're in, how much more brighter can this word shine? How much more can the joy that is uh, in your life, the happiness that is on your face, how much more can it shine in the people's lives who are hurting? Come on, people's lives who are in a place of confusion and all these things. You've got that promise. So you and I, we need to say, I'm walking in the light. I'm walking in the light. It doesn't matter how dark things look. It doesn't matter how discouraging things look. It doesn't matter if death's all around. I'm abiding under the shadow of the Most High God. I'm walking with the one who gives me life. Come on now, hallelujah. That, that what we were singing, what we were worshiping, that's the reality. Amen? Now look what he said in verse 16. He said, in thy name. Now get, get this, you and I, we're called by his name. I've been called a lot of names. Some of them I didn't like. But now you and I, we're called by the name of the Lord. We're called Christians. Uh, You know, the book of Acts tells us that in Antioch, they were first called Christians. That, That means anointed. Because why? Because they called you what was in you. They called you what was upon you. So there is an anointing. So we're going, uh, in his name. In thy name they shall rejoice some of the day. Oh my goodness. Because the anointing is upon you. It will never leave you. Come on, it's an anointing. It's not the doodads. Thank God for the doodads. But the the teaching anointing, it abides in you. First John 2.20 tells us that. There is an unction there. And, and that anointing is there to, to lead you and to guide you and to direct us in, in all the situations of life. And he said, in thy name they shall rejoice. They shall be to have that happy face all the day. And in thy righteousness they shall be exalted. Now think about that. Now, if we're not careful, we get so hung up on righteousness uh, that we let the devil bring condemnation in our life. And, and, and so we, we need to take and put a, a, a little different understanding about righteousness and sanctification and holiness and all of those things. We need to see that it's Christ at work in us. Come on. It's Him working in us. That's, that's our hope of glory it is, it is Him in us. And uh, Colossians 1 uh, seven or something like that tells us that. So we need to let him uh, be at work in us, but we need to see that uh, whom God makes righteous, come on, is righteous. Uh, Jesus was made sin, Second Corinthians 5.21, that you and I could be made righteous. So it's not about me being made something. I, that, that happened at the cross. That happened with my, with my faith. I need to see that God wants me to be so happy to know that God's making the wrong things right in my life. That's part of righteousness. Come on. You and I, we, we weren't treated fairly. We, the devil done us wrong. Uh, we, we, uh, we, the thief has come to steal, kill, and destroy and all those things. God wants to bring some restoration in your life and in my life to be able to get it to other people. People need uh, a, 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 an avenue to get to God until they can meet Him on their own. Well, guess what? You, you're that source. I, I'm that source. And so we need to be in this place. God's faithful. God, God's going to hold my hand. He's going to lead me. He's going to guide me. He, he's going to show me some things. And and he's going to help me to rejoice. And I'm going to um, have the wrong things made right. Now notice, he said, in thy name. So I need to start using the name of Jesus over every situation of my life. 
When you're pumping that gas in the name of Jesus, that I'm going to get the best gas mileage ever in Jesus' name. In the name of Jesus, devil, you get your hands off of, of my automobile. You get your hands off. This gas doesn't belong to you. Come on, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, Lord. I give. It's going to be given back to me. In the name of Jesus, uh, my God rebukes the devourer. Come on, you and I, we need uh, to, to, to walk in that name. That name is why you can rejoice. So the devil wants us to get in a situation where, well, I know God can, but I don't know if he will. He will. He will. Come on, I was so lost and undone. I had no hope. I had no no answer, no way out. You had no hope. You had no way, no answer out. God met you where you was at, did he not? And he saved you not to leave you there. He saved you to make you an example of his child. The Bible says Jesus is the firstborn of many. Come on, we're brothers and sisters of the Lord. He's going to take care of us. He's going to use us for His glory. So we need to start using this name and everything that's wrong in your life. Look around while you're pumping that gas. And look at that person over there. And you see that they're sweating. You see that they're in fear. Start speaking some right things over their life. Start speaking a blessing in their life. When you see somebody in line there and, and we see what's happening to all the prices of our groceries and all of these things. Come on, speak a blessing. Say, Lord, Lord, let there be enough that it shocks them. Let come on. And, and all of those things, let those wrong things, let them be made right. Amen. You've got the power. Jesus said, I expect you to use my name. Did he not? He said, in my name, you shall. Come on. We've got an agenda. We've got a mandate from heaven. We're not dreaming up some things. There, I tell you what, there's a group of people that are attacking your faith right now so strongly. Uh, I've never seen. They, they won't teach the word of God. No. They just want to attack people. They, they just want to tear down. Well, we need to pray for people like that because they're, they're, what they're going to do, they're going to get a harvest that they're not going to like. Because the Bible says, touch not my anointed. So you and I, we need to be in the place and position that there's a lot of people who are being told a lot of things and we need to get them back to the focal point of Jesus. And if we can do that, everything will be right. Amen. All right. Now notice what it said in verse 17. For thou art the glory of their strength. Now let me ask you, Brother Corey, you, you lead us, Brother Justin, you lead us, y'all lead us in the place of, of, of seeing the glory of the Lord. Like tonight was wonderful. We saw the glory of the Lord. Does that glory of God ever change? Does it diminish? The glory of God is just that, right? Like Jesus, I change not. Old Testament, New Testament, same yesterday, today, and forever. Now notice what he said then. How happy. Why can you have a happy look on your face? Why can you have a confidence in your heart? For thou art the glory of their strength. If the glory of the Lord never changes, your strength cannot change. You say, well, sometimes I feel weak. Sometimes I feel weak, but that's not anything about faith. Come on, my feelings, I don't know about you, my feelings are up and down according to the weather, according to uh, who has done this or who has done that. Because, come on, that's the natural man. But you and I, we have a spiritual man now. Come on, our spirit is alive unto God, and, and we have the ability to learn how to walk in the spirit, where we won't fulfill the lust of the flesh, where we won't be moved and manipulated by by the limitation, uh, by the desires of the flesh. And that. See, the devil, he works through our flesh. He works through our soul. 
through, through our body. And so to be able to stop that, you and I have got to stand on this word. For thou art the glory of their strength. So when you feel weak, the Bible says you're supposed to say you're strong. So just speak it out. See, but when, when we start to do that, the devil will say, oh, you're such a hypocrite. No, I'm a Bible believer. Come on. I'm a word talker. Come on, we've got to talk the word. We've got to say what the Bible says. So I may feel weak. It may look weak. It may look all of these certain things in the natural, but I'm not going to let what I see in the natural change what I know in the spiritual. Amen. All right. Now notice what he said. For thou art the glory of their strength, and in thy favor our horn is exalted. Now, when we, it's hard to see it in the Old Testament, but when we talk about the favor of God, we're really talking about the grace of God. Okay? So, what does the New Testament say about the grace of God? It is what? Sufficient, right? God's grace is sufficient. Alright, so, uh, notice what the scripture said. In thy favor, our horn is exalted. Now, when you read about horns in the Bible, in the Old Testament especially, you're, you're talking about strength. You're talking about power. Remember the, the horns on the altar of God and, and, and all of those things. And, and so we're talking about strength. So, when he says, in thy favor, our horn, our horn shall be exalted. He's saying that because of God's grace, God's favor, that your horn, your strength is going to come up. The, the grace of God that is sufficient, your, your, your strength is going to come up. So that means the more the devil comes against you, the more that he attacks in family, in finances, he attacks in friends, he attacks in foes. Come on, he does. He, he, he turns people against you and I. He, he, he works uh, in their heart to try to get them to do different things that they shouldn't do. They don't even know what to do. Jesus said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. So what we've got to do is we've got to say, now, wait a minute. I, I, I'm happy. I, I'm happy no matter what it looks like, no matter what it feels like. I've got a strength in me. And the grace of God, his favor, he said, would... Uh, it caused my horn, my strength to be exalted. In other words, he's going to lift you up. There is no trial uh, that the testament that you have in the New Testament is not going to uh, uh, give you the victory, going to give you the peace, going to give you the wisdom, going to give you the understanding. The trial cannot defeat the testament of the Lord. Come on, this is his word. This is his covenant to you. This is his covenant with you. He'll never break it. I can break it. But he'll never break it. Amen. So I, I need to tell, uh, I need to tell the devil when he's showing me how weak I'm going, yeah, but I, I got God's grace. God's grace is my horn of strength. God's grace is, it, it, he's, he's lifting me up. I'm devil. I'm stronger now because of what you've done against me. Come on. The Bible says in the multitude of sin, God's grace will abound that much more. People are sinning against you. They're trying to harm you, trying to hurt you. The devil is using that. So that means that God's grace is sufficient. His favor, that horn is going to exalt you in that situation. So you need to, instead of being discouraged or instead of talking about what the devil's doing, talk about what God's doing. And, and just start agreeing with him. Say, no, my horn, my strength, it, it's being exalted. It, it's coming up. I'm higher than the devil. I, I, I see the, the work of the Lord in this. I, I see the provision of God. I see the plan of God. I see the promise of God and all of these things. And when you start saying it, 
come on, it'll start manifesting. And, and, and you'll start being so encouraged that you can't, the devil couldn't wipe that smile off your face if he tried. Amen? All right. Notice what he said now. He said in verse 18, For the Lord is, that's present tense, the Lord is our defense. He's your shield. He's your shield. Do you think that there was any one time that there was anything that ever got past the shield of the Lord? No. The Lord's your shield. So uh, if the devil has been working in a certain area in your life and, and it's made you question some things or it's got you uh, on guard about some things, uh, d- just literally take whatever that situation or that person or whatever it might be and just say, in the name of Jesus, I'm putting it behind the shield of the Lord. That, that's your That's your sure mercies of the Lord. That's your, because what is the sure mercies of the Lord is that the death couldn't hold Jesus. The sure, Acts 13, 34, they couldn't hold Jesus. Jesus come up out of that tomb. Amen. The sure mercies of the Lord is that everything that God promised in the Old Testament about Jesus, he fulfilled it. He completed it. And so this morning and tonight, as we saw God do some different things, hold on to what he's doing. He's up to some amazing things. Amen. So let him do this. Let him be that, um, let him be be your shield. Uh, for the Lord is our defense. He's our shield. And the Holy One of Israel is our King. Oh, now this is a place to shout. I want you to think about that now. Think about it. God's your shield. And because you're putting everything behind him, the devil can't get to it. But then also out of your own mouth, out of your own heart, out of your own life, you're saying that the Most High God, the Lord God, Jesus Christ is your King. Now, when you say that, when I say that, when we make that confession, we realize that Jesus is the king and he has a dominion. And so we're telling the devil that everything that about our lives, everything about our families, everything that God has gave us control over, uh, has made us stewards over in Jesus' name, we're putting it under the dominion of the king. The Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, it's under his dominion. That means I don't have to be responsible for it. I'm allowing him to be responsible for it. I'll do whatever he tells me to do to be that good steward. But I'm resting, I'm trusting, I'm believing in him. I'm letting him have the dominion. See, that takes all the pressure off of you and I. If we sit here and we, I I used to sit here and try to figure out how are we going to do this? God's wanting us to do this. How, we move money here. We do. We move this here. We do this, this, this. And I got to work. Well, I don't want to do nothing. Where are you out? Trying to figure out what you're going to do. Well, I'm not going to do nothing. He can do all things. Amen. So put everything under his dominion. Let him have control of it. And then just let it out of your hands. Come on. There's some things in your in, in, in relationships uh, that you're trying to control. You can't control it. Just give it to Jesus. Say, Lord, I'm giving this to you. I've tried to work it. I've tried to fix it. I've tried to pray it out. I've done everything I can do, but I'm putting it under your dominion. Great is thy faithfulness. Come on. His faithfulness. Let him show you how faithful he is. Amen. Let him do that. He wants to do that. I believe that, don't you? Okay. Now jump back up. I want to, we're going to close, but I, I want you to look at the, how this, this psalm starts out. Now notice in, in back up to the verse number one, I want you to see though, how many's got the, the in the in in some Bibles it's got the original uh Hebrew where it tells you the title of the psalm. Have you got that in your Bible? 
Notice what it says. It says, Mashiach of Ethan, the Ezraite. Now, uh, like I said, this Michelle is a didactic poem. It, it, it's an instructive guide to moral living. But th- this Ethan, uh, the, the name means permanence. Uh, so if you want to have the permanent things of God, then you need the Word of God. Amen? A- and so uh, he is an Ezraite. Notice that he's an Ezraite. An Ezraite means cherished. The Bible says, Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus, and he said that when you and I were accepted in the beloved, that we become the cherished of God. So I need to cherish his word. You need to cherish his word. And if we'll cherish his word, then all of a sudden, God can reveal to us the secret things of the Lord. He can show us how faithful he is. Amen? So there's just 13 of these Psalms. I admonish you in your home study time, study these 13 Psalms. They will help you and bless you tremendously in this time that we're living. They will give you strength. They will release faith that you didn't even know was there. Amen. But notice what he said. Let's go back over verse number one. You've got a will in all of this. I've got a will. God's will is that you be at peace. God's will that I be at peace. God's will that we have this happy face, that we have uh, this place of protection. But we've got to do our part. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord. How often? Forever. But how many times do you hear people, You and, and maybe you hear yourself, or at least I do, I'm not singing of the mercies of the Lord. I'm singing of the problem. God then knows the problem. And those around us, they don't need to know the problem. They got their own problems. They don't want to hear it. Instead, let's come together and let's talk about the mercies of God. The mercies of God is that every need that I would ever have need of, God planned it from the foundation of the world and the need has been met in the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. So I need to sing about the mercies of God. Uh, sometimes me and Donna, we're, we're I, I never, I never understand how we can be saying the same thing, but she's coming from the east and I'm coming from the west and I don't know what she's talking about and she don't know what I'm talking about. And, but then when it's all settled, when the dust settles, we go, that's what you meant. All right. Well, this is what we need to do. We need to get on the same page with God. And we need to, we need this to sing. We may not feel like it. We may not understand what he's saying, but if we will just trust him, we're going to get on the same page with the Lord. And when we get on the same page with the Lord, look at what happens. I will sing of thy mercies of the Lord forever with my mouth. Will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations? In other words, you and I, we're going to be able to be in a place in this last generation before the coming of the Lord to be able to reveal to them what God wants to do in their life. He he wants to, to touch them. He wants to bless them. He wants to deliver them. He wants to have intimacy with them. See, we're living in a, in a time right now where there's a generation that doesn't know anything about intimacy. They have confused sex with intimacy. Come on, the devil's done a great job in twisting situations and circumstances. And so you and I, because we're going to be on the same page with the Lord, he's going to show us the hearts of people and we're going to be able to reveal the faithfulness of God to them where they can, what? They can come to know his faithfulness for themselves. Isn't that amazing? That's what we desire, right? That's what we want with all of our hearts. Now, here's what you and I are doing. 
God has taken us through a, 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 a season right now and he's doing a work in our life. He's, he's speaking to us by his spirit. He's bringing this word alive in our heart like never before. And, um, he's teaching you and I how to live out Ephesians 5, 17, 18, and 19. How you and I can, uh, that we're continually being being filled with the Spirit of God. We're learning how to let the Spirit of God speak in us and through us, and we're making melody in our heart. We're making melody. See, that's why you and I can be happy, because we're not in agreement with the sound that we're hearing in this world. We're, we're hearing the sound uh, of a mighty rushing wind. We're, we're hearing the sound of living water. We're hearing the sound of rivers of water. We're hearing that sound, the promise and provision of God. We're not hearing this other sound. And so here's what the Lord's wanting us to do. He's wanting us to come together with Him and to make melody. He's wanting us to, to learn how with our mouth, as Psalms 1, uh, 89 and 1 said there, uh, Present this faithfulness. And so I want you to picture this illustration with me. This just come to me. Uh, there, there was a, uh, uh, a man from Poland. He lived about half his life in the 1800s and about half his life in the 1900s. He was a, his name was, how do you say it? Uh, J-A-N. It's not Jan, uh, uh Podestri. Jan, Jan, Juan. I don't know. Podestri. I can see it. And he's a, he's a great concert pianist. And so, uh, he, he's somewhere in, uh, New York City holding a, 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 a great, in a great concert hall. He's going to hold this, this recital. And so the people are getting impatient and they're waiting. This is somewhere uh, just before the start of World War, uh, two. And, uh, all of a sudden there's a little nine year old boy. He's been sitting there all this time with his mother. He's bored out of his mind wanting something to happen. And so he sneaks away from his mom and he goes up and makes his way to the edge of the stage and he gets to that Steinway piano. And he sits down in that pianist place and he starts playing chopsticks. And the whole crowd starts booing and yelling, saying, get that kid off the stage. But see, Pedestri, he heard that. He heard that melody. And he grabbed his coat and he ran out and he stood beside the young man and the young man started to quit. He said, don't quit. Keep playing. And he played on one end of the piano. The kid, the, the, the nine-year-old boy played on the other end and they put that melody together and the whole house stood up. See, it's time that we get the world to stand up and recognize who Jesus is, what he can do, what he has done. And the way that's going to happen is that you and I will be being filled with the Spirit. We know the the faithfulness of God and we learn how to make melody with him. In other words, I'm going to walk hand in hand with you. You're going to walk hand in hand with me. We're going to let the Spirit of the God work in us. Work through us. Talk to people. Come on, the anointing is going to manifest itself. And that vexation of spirit, that live spirit, that hindrance of spirit, that's right, Brother Donnie, has to flee. It has to bow in Jesus' name. God's faithful. We're going to see people say, I, we're going to see people born again out here on this parking lot. We're going to see them come to a relationship with Jesus Christ that they never experienced before. Amen. Why? Because y'all are willing to work for the Lord. You're willing to pray. You're willing to give. You're willing to do whatever God would have you to do. You think God's not going to meet you there? 
Come on, you're showing your faithfulness because God put that faithfulness in you. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we love you, we worship you, we honor you. I thank you for this wonderful group of people. I thank you that you are a faithful God. Lord, I ask that you help us take this word home with us. Help us just to just to have this, not just a look of happiness on our face, but let that smile be connected with your spirit in our spirit. And let it be so strong, just as we said, that Satan cannot slap that smile off our face. That nothing can touch it because it's real, it's true, it's genuine. It comes from you. Lord, let it be. And Lord, there's been some misunderstanding in the in the natural. Some people had, they hadn't understand what has happened tonight, Lord, and they've missed out on what God would have because they've shut this message off before it even started. I ask for grace in their life to be able to receive what you're trying to say to them tonight. Let it let it be a seed that will just be there. And at the proper time, Lord, we know that the Word of God is a seed that will not rot. And you said it would not return unto you void, but it would accomplish whereunto you sent it. Lord, let that be. We're going to stand in that. We're going to rest in that. Let it be. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Would you come tonight and make yourself an altar and say, Lord, here I am. I, I, I just want to thank you for your faithfulness. And, and I want to, to be a vessel of that faithfulness. I, I, I want to, just to let my face be in tune with heaven. I want to be like Stephen in the midst of the trial. I want my face to shine like an angel because of the Spirit of God on me. And, and no matter how hard they push, no matter how hard the world would come against me, I want the light of the Lord, that countenance. I want to be walking in it, and I want it to light a dark world. Would you come and just let the Lord touch you tonight? Let Him encourage you in every way. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, Stephen. And they were stoning him. And they could not put out the light. Amen. They can't put out the light in you. No matter what they do against you, no matter what they say, the light of the Lord is forever. Amen.